Go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermatch podcast of the LFC Red Poets. Tonight, we look back at Liverpool's narrow 2 1 first leg win against Fulham at Anfield last night. I'm your host, Les Lawson, and I'm joined as usual by Tom Keegan, Pete Warburton, and Ben Kent Jr. Right, so Pete, around about seven o'clock last night, the team dropped. Uh, Nunes and Gakpo both on the bench. Harvey Elliott up front. Alistair for Connor Bradley in place of the injured. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and a, a return to the start lineup for Virgil instead in place of Kwanzaa. So what did you make of the, of the team that, that Jürgen selected to start the game, Pete? I think the back four were pretty much um, what we thought. Um, it was just whether Virgil was going to get over the sickness or the illness that he had for the Arsenal game. And I think we all knew Conor Bradley was going to make a start. And um, as I say, it was just a case of whether, you know, if Virgil wasn't fit enough, probably considered a start. So the back four was sort of as we expected. It was just a case of further up the pitch. Um, I think McAllister and Jones were shoeings. We weren't too certain. Um you know, in the midfield, if um, if Gakpo is going to make a start, uh, or even, I mean, I, I prefer I prefer I prefer Gakpo playing further forward, and there's a few lads who say, oh, you know, playing midfield, but I think he's lost there. And then up front, it was whether the Diogo uh, Jota was going to get the full, you know, the start, or whether it was going to be Nunes. Um, with possibly, I don't know. I'm just looking through now. You know, there was there was injuries, and when you looked at the bench, it was a very young bench as well. So it was probably one of the strongest, apart from maybe a couple of specs. As I say, Nunes could have probably made a start, um, and maybe um, maybe Gakpo could have started. But other than that, it was pretty much as expected with the with the injuries that we've got. You know, Tom, it was Harvey Elliott started. On the right wing again. Um, it didn't really work at the weekend against Arsenal. And again, I was surprised that he that he was given another another opportunity out there. I think he's he's much more suited to playing in the midfield. So that was a little bit of a, a controversial selection, let us say. Um, and a, a star for for Gravenberch in midfield, um, which allowed Harvey you know, to then to then move into the front three. But apart from that, the team was really as we would have expected, would you thought? It was just a case whether, you know, Jürgen thought Jota was ready to, to play from the start, really. It was, I think, you know, the team represented what we had, Les, Les wasn't it? It was like, it, it was like the bare bones, basically, wasn't it? Like, we had, as Peter said, we had... Um, we had Gapco and we had um, Nunes on the bench, but like that was that was it basically. You, you you just two took two players out, and the rest more or less were all all, all junior players, you know, or younger players. So he 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 had to he had to throw he had to change it around a little bit, but it was it was I thought it was a bit of a shock playing. I thought he would have. He would have started with El- Elliot in midfield, and he would have played. He would have played Nunes up front with Gapco, uh, with Gapco and Jota and left Diaz out. But it was it was always going to be it was going to be one or, or or the other. But I think he opted for bringing Gravenberch in, which, as it turned out, wasn't wasn't the greatest was wasn't the greatest move on the night really, but. Um, yeah, overall, Les, I think the team more or less picked itself. So, as you forecast, Ben, on, on Sunday, as a start for, for Diogo, um, you know, and it was, you know, I was, I was, I must admit, I was surprised to see him in the starting 11, especially with the with the break coming up now, because I didn't really want to I risk him picking up a knock. That was the only reason, really, I didn't want him to start. And I thought to give him another half hour to build up his fitness, you know, would have been for me the right way to go. But obviously, Jürgen knows better 
He played them from the start. He plays the full 90 in the end. And in the end, you know, that'll probably do him the world of good. But apart from that, you know, was there any any part of the team that you were surprised with? I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you on that, Les, because I can't really remember anything that I said on Sunday night. Um but yeah, like I, like Tom, um I I thought Gappo would um and Nunes would have started up front. Um and and Harvey Elliott in midfield because I just don't think he I don't think he works. Sorry, I don't think it works for the team when he's up front. Uh, there was a few instances when Connor Bradley won the ball, and if it was Salah there, the the break was on. Um, and because Harvey hasn't got the pace of Mo, um, it sort of limited our options. And fair play to Bradley, like it didn't let him detract from it. Um, but no, like. I, I'm not a fan of Elliot up front. Um, I don't think he's quick enough or strong enough really to play that role, but he's more suited to playing in midfield. I think this season in midfield, he's been really good. Um, so, yeah, I had no issues with that team. I thought it probably, in hindsight, made sense for Nunes to come in off the bench. Um, I think that was a bit of a masterstroke in the second half as well. But, yeah, no complaints with the team. Peter, it was a bit of a slow start from us though, wasn't it? Especially in terms of Going forward, we couldn't really get any any momentum. You know, in our forward play, um, as Ben Sosa said there, you know, to me, I agree with him. It didn't really work with Elliot starting up front. The game seemed to to slow down when he got the ball because he hasn't really got the pace to play on the right side of a front three, um, and he kept he kept drifting as well into the into the middle and that left you know wide open spaces on the right sometimes where we were looking for a pass and then you know they they scored you know from a break that was a bit a bit scruffy I think you know Virgil ended, held his hands up and said that you know he was a false it's a bit of a scruffy goal Connor Bradley had a hard look you know with 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 trying to block it but it was a it was a tidy finish by William some people thought that maybe Kelleher should have done better. I've looked back at the goal since, and perhaps that's a little bit harsh because I think we judge everything now on Alison's standards. Do you agree with that, Pete? Yeah. Like going back to your first point, yeah, it was a, a slow start. I think we had an early shot. I think uh, Curtis had an early shot, um, which the it was quite comfortable for the keeper, but we were sort of saying in the ground. You know, live there, we were saying you, you can tell we're missing without being disrespectful to the players who were playing. You could tell that the injuries were starting to have a little bit of a, an effect on the on the team, you know. Um, and we didn't look laboured in any way. We, I mean, we, we were passing the ball okay, but there was certainly no penetration up front. Um, and they looked quite comfortable, Fulham. And in fairness to Fulham, they're a tidy side, they play some nice football, you know. I mean, that midfield of Reed. And Polina, um, you know, and, and William, the lad who scored, he's just like Evergreen, isn't he? He's, he's in his 30s and you think he was 18 or something. Um, he hasn't got the pace he maybe used to have, but he's a very, very good player. But yeah, I mean, I know Virgil held his hands up after the game. It was a very poor header. And then to compound matters, when he, he tried to block it, he, he more or less turned his back on it or he turned sideways on it rather than sort of face the ball. But you couldn't blame Kells, really, in a way. It was, um, you know, by the time William had sort of wriggled free, he was only, you know, he was on the six-yard line, I think, wasn't he? And he, he just, you know, it's going to be difficult for any keepers to save it. But yeah, we, we huffed, not huffed and puffed, but we did struggle for the, with any penetration in the first half. And, um, you know, we were all saying at half-time, I think we need changes just to try and, you know, up the momentum to try and get a bit of tempo into the game. But, um, yeah, so it proved. As I say, we'll speak about the second half later. But, yeah, it was a poor goal to give away. And there were a couple of occasions that Fulham broke the... I wouldn't say they were totally defensive in the low block, but when they did break us down, they, they were coming forward quickly. And um, they looked dangerous on a couple of occasions. And, and the centre-forward, with that Jimenez, is a bloody nightmare, to be honest. I like to play against him. He's, he's he's all action, arms, legs, and everything, and he he gives any defender a hard time. 
So I, I was sort of not too despondent, actually, just being one down at half time. They didn't have great chances, but they looked very effective for them. Tom, it was, he's made a good point there. It was Liverpool were, were like huffing and puffing, but we were never really getting anywhere close to really, you know, penetrating the Fulham defence. We had a few half chances, I would say, and they they were trying to just on the break. And young Connor Bradley did well on a few occasions to snuff out some chances. The midfield didn't seem to be to be working as well as it could have done. Individually, I thought, you know, Curtis was doing all right and working hard, as was Alexis. Gravenbach was a little bit off the pace at times. Um, and I, I, again, you know, I'll say, I'll say again, the Harvey move on the right just doesn't work for me. He's, he's never, it's an experiment now that I think has got to end. I don't think the remaining games now where, where Mo is away, apart from possibly the game in the FA Cup, and even then, you know, I'd be maybe thinking of giving Kay Gordon a go. You know, I don't think we can afford to play Harvey on the right-hand side of a front three anymore. I don't no. know whether you agree about that, Tom. Yeah, I don't. I thought it was disjointed, Leslie, with the with the with the forward line, but they they we didn't have any runners in from midfield really. Did we? You know, Diaz, as you said, was was tied was was tidy and was carrying the ball well and he was linking up but there was as Peter said no penetration it was, it was not really do you know what the word was you know what the word I was I, I was thinking of last night we lacked conviction didn't we in there but to be fair you know like you hit the nail on the head with with Fulham they're well organised you know they've got some good defenders at the back and like do you know they they're uncompromised now they you know they you know, they, they know how to waste time. They know how to play the game. I think Pereira is number 18. You know, like, he's a, he's a, he's one we haven't mentioned all the way through, but he breaks up play. He just, you know, like, and he's, he, I think we, it was more about us, I think, in the first half. While we had loads of the ball, I don't think we, we, we had done anything really to, to really hit them. I think as you would say, Ball was have said like Curtis had a long a long shot which was like which was comfortable really, wasn't it, to be to be fair to the keeper. Without, you know, like really troubling him. Like with Harvey Elliott you I feel a little bit for him. He's he's not he's nowhere near that you know that type of player that we need up there. And like Keep putting him there while he, you know, like what it's only going to destroy his confidence, isn't he, in that position? And he's more, he is more comfortable and he is more effective in mid, in midfield, in midfield. So, you know, I thought that that was a problem. The goal, I, I think, I know Virgil held his hand up, but it, but I, I think it bounced over Gomez as well. I don't think, I think neither of them, to be fair to them, were, were you know, like. I done particularly well in that situation, but once he got into the box, fair play to the lad. Once he got into the box, he, he took his chance well. You can't really, you can't really. I think as as you said before, everybody now looks at, at, at any shot when when Kelleher's playing, and like you ju- you automatically judge whether 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 Ali would have got it. Oh, Kevin said the. That said exactly the same to me. To Keller, um, Allison saves that all day long. He probably wouldn't have really. But like, you you don't know. It's you know. But it was one of them things. One nil felt a bit. It felt a bit flat, didn't it? Going at that. Even the crowd. I don't think the crowd was 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 particularly brilliant first half. But we livened up a little bit in the second. Yeah, Ben, it, it's a fair point there. What what Tom's just said, isn't it? Is that you know a lot of people you know expect Kelleton to be an Ali clone, and he's you know I think he's a more than an adequate number two. And the, the the fact is, is that when you've got the best in the world in goal, you're never going to have the second best in the world to come and cover for him. You know what I mean? So there's always going to be a drop off, and every time a goal does go in when Ali's not playing, then 
it's easy to point the finger and say, you know, Ali would Ali would have probably saved that. And to be fair, it was a tidy finish. He hit it quickly. He was quite close in. Um, you know, you would expect if one of our strikers had that opportunity to take the chance and score, no matter who was in goal. So I do think it was a bit harsh blaming Kelleher for their for their goal. But it was messy defensively. And I think, if I remember rightly, I think it's their goal started when when Luis Diaz was asleep on the halfway line and didn't tra- track a, track one of their runners going forward. And by the time he'd, he'd decided to run back, it was a little bit late. We were outnumbered on the edge of our box. They got a, a bit of a lucky bounce. It should have been. Virgil should have done better. Um, and as I said before, you know, Connor Bradley was a little bit unlucky with the with the slide before it broke to William, but he did stick it away well. But then, as as Tom said, we did lack a little bit of conviction going forward. You hinted at it that the Yoavi Elliott up front wasn't working, and he wasn't really providing any real opportunities for the likes of Diogo and and Luis Diaz etc. to get involved in the game. And I'm not necessarily here having a go at Harvey Elliott. I'm just thinking that's not his position. And it'd have been much better sort of maybe start where Gravenberch had started. I don't know whether you agree with that, Ben. I do. I, I'm, sh- I'm struggling to think of any games that Harvey's played well in that position. Um, to be honest, I, I can't. Off the top probably of my, probably West Ham, maybe, in the last round. Was he in that position, was he? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, uh, it's funny you should mention that, Les, the, the West Ham game, because I said to the guys I was with last night, it was like night and day, wasn't it? The performances between um, those two games. And when you look on paper, that was a tougher game as well. Um, but I think sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, that was a good goal. Um, and William took it really well. Like, if, like you said, if one of if Mo Salah does that, you'd be saying that's a bloody good goal, man. That that's all it was. Like we can't expect the team to not make mistakes. It's it's just never going to happen. Football doesn't do that. And there was a few, like you said, Diaz, um, not tracking back or whatnot, and then a poor header from Verge and Connor Bradley slipping. It was probably the only mistake Connor Bradley made, and he just slipped over. Um. Was, I don't think he actually slipped, did he? I think he went in slid in, didn't he, to try and block? He, well, he, he didn't drive in properly, though, did he? It looks like he, he slipped, lost balance. He slid, and went, he, he slid and went past the ball, didn't he? Yeah. And the ball sort of hit him on the arm. And mm. the lads were saying by me, you know, that if they had been in, in operation and, you know, they hadn't scored, it might have been given as a handball. I thought that would have been a bit it hard. Wasn't deli- it wasn't deliberate, though, was it? No. And, no, and I- like... But I, I, I just think he got a little bit unlucky, to be honest, because yeah. he spotted the danger and come yeah. across, yeah, did, which I thought he... was really was yeah. really good of him. He spotted exactly where the danger was and just didn't maybe mistimed his slide or something. Yeah. That, that was that was where I sit. The way to I to me, it, it did look like he lost a bit of balance, whether that was part of what happened or not. But anyway, it, it doesn't really matter. Like it was, William just took it really well um, and. When it did happen, I did say Alison might have saved that, but we'll never know. Like that that's the thing, we'll never know. It there was bodies in the way, it was lower and it was a hard shot. Um, there's no guarantee that Alison saves that. And you're right, you're never gonna have a goalkeeper as good because he, he wouldn't be a number two, would he? If he was as nearly as good as Alison, we'd be getting ridiculous money for him. Um but if if it'd be interesting if we do get to the final, because I, I I fully expect us to, and I'm sure he'll keep his place. Um, but I think it would be very harsh if he was dropped. Um, but if I was, yeah, I mean, player, I don't think there's any, there's no. any discussion if we get to the final. To be honest, though, Les, if we if we do get no. to the final, I would pick Allison. Like, I, I, yeah. I, gen- I, I wouldn't take him. Like, as much as I like Kelleher, I want to win it, and we've got yeah. more chance with I mean, Allison. He did, so... Don't forget, he, he kept goal the last time we were there. No, he, he did. He, he did. Yeah, and I'm fully expecting to start in the final. But like I said, yeah. if I was he the man, probably he was probably man of the match. Yeah, you know, with some of the saves he, he made. He was, and we, we might have lost the final if Allison played. You just don't know, do you? Yeah. Um, but 
you know, I'd be surprised if Alisson took the penalty as well as Kelleher did. But anyway, yeah. back, back to back to last night. Um, I think on, like I said earlier, on paper when the team came out, so I had no gripes with it. Um, I, I do. I'm not writing Grabenberg off at all here when I say this, but I feel like he needs. He shouldn't be starting. Um, I don't think he's. I don't, I don't know if he, he's. He's not a Liverpool player yet. And what I mean by that is he's not a Jürgen Klopp player. Um, he's obviously got the attributes to become one, um, but I think he needs to be bedded in slowly. And I I think it will get to the... If the midfielders come back fit for the second half of the season, I don't think we'll see that much of him. Um, and that's not a slight on him. I just think he's struggling to adjust to our game. I'm hoping that it will come. But there was a few instances yesterday where he was a little bit... Lax, I'd say. He had a brilliant chance at the start of the second half where he was really unlucky. And that's the positive aspect of his game. And that's hopefully what he will bring to the team. Um, but at the moment, I've, I think he's struggling. Um, but yeah, like yesterday, um, the team in general, the first half, there was just no cohesion, was there? They, they were passing the ball sideways. There was no movement. The amount of times I said when our midfielders got the ball and there was nobody trying to get behind, trying to show for the ball. It, Diaz had one of his more frustrating games um, and Harvey was, for me, out of position. Um, so it was very frustrating. And I think, if truth be told, we were quite lucky to go in at half-time just the one goal behind. Yeah, Pete, do you agree with that? That we were possibly a little bit lucky only to go in one behind because Ben makes a good point there that Fulham did have you know, some breaks on us that we were wouldn't say fortunate, but maybe they could have done better with maybe the might yeah, have given a better opportunity to yeah, get a second goal. Yeah, they broke on us a couple of times, but I can't remember. I think there was a snapshot that I think went straight down uh, Keller's throat more or less, and he, he smothered it. But I can't remember them fully extending him. But yeah, they had they had good positions, but for whatever reason, they just sort of they didn't pick the final ball, but. He had plenty of possession, but just touching on Ryan Gravenberg, you've got to remember he, he's only 21 and he's coming from arguably a, a slower league, if that's the right term, from Germany. Um, and I know Elliot's younger than him, but Harvey's been with Liverpool for years. And he's like like Ben said, he's got to learn the Liverpool way, hasn't he? You can't just expect him to come into the team, slot in and do his stuff. So I, I like Ben, I wouldn't... I, I wouldn't Give up on Gravenberch at all. I think there's, there's, you, you can see certain, certain things in his game where he, he gets the ball and he glides across the pitch and that, and it's going to come for him. But yeah, I mean, as I said, I wasn't too despondent at half time, just being the one down because you'd always, you'd always think Liverpool have got at least one goal in them. Um, and yeah, it could have been worse if, if Fulham had just been a bit more on the metal. He, he probably could have, you know, if they'd have gone two up. That could have been a totally different story. But, um, yeah, so, as I say, we, we did all discuss at half-time and we all thought that the changes were going to be imminent because we said, you know, we'll probably give it 10 or 15 minutes and see how it goes sort of thing. And then that's where the changes start coming, which which was proven last night. So, Tom, we come out at the start of the second half and we played with a quicker tempo. But the team, there was no half-time changes. We played at a quicker tempo. We started creating chances and pushing Fulham back. And it looked a totally different team. You know, Ben said there, you know, that Graven Birch had a, had a, did brilliantly to create that chance and give the goalkeeper the eyes. And had it been on target, the goalkeeper was going the opposite way, so it would have gone in. Um, and, you know, we, then Diogo had a, had an opportunity to drop him in the box and he just couldn't get it out of his feet. So you could you could see there was a, a totally different Liverpool come out for that second half. Um, so the second half, the start of the second half, the first 10, 12 minutes gave us encouragement for what was to follow. Yeah, I think about Gladenberg's Les as well. You know, but I think when he, he's like most players, isn't he? When you when you come, you need a run of games, and he's not getting a run of games. He's getting like a, a half a game or a quarter of a game, 
football, like when he started last night, it's not, it's not, it's you're not going to get, you're not going to get your best or or anything. Like we said with Costas early on, you need a little bit of a run of games and John Gomez. Maybe that will come with the ladder. And as he is, as everyone said, he is only very young, isn't he? Yeah, he was very unlucky with that, Les. I thought once he done all the hard work and then fully, he snatched at his shot, didn't he? Really, which. Which was only unlike him because he was a clean striker of a ball, which you know, and that was that was just unlucky. Jotter was a bit more what you you were willing him to get it from in, in between his feet, but again, couldn't get it out there quick enough, and and I thought the the chance was gone. Like, but as you said, the crowd woke up a little bit then, didn't he as well, and. Um, I, th- I think I think it helped as well with Coote, with the other fella rolling on the floor and Virgil getting booked, and that that always that always helped, you know. Like, but I, I think then with, with the line, you felt that Jürgen, you seen Nunes and Gabco getting changed, and you, you started to feel like a bit more positive. You thought we would be a, a little bit more direct when they came on, and that turned out as that what what happened. I thought Gatko started to run and give Connor Bradley a little bit of, you know, like he started to give, he, he, he was alongside him, so he was opening up spaces for Bradley at that stage. But the talk was brilliant on the night, you know. He, it's hard to believe he's such a young a young lad. He played last night like a seasoned pro. pro. You know, like I thought, I thought he, he, he did really, done himself no harm at all overall. And Nunes, man, just we'll we'll talk about Nunes in, in raptures in a minute. Like he does what what he does, what he says on the tin. Basically, he come on, and he cause he cause chaos from the first minute he was on the pitch. Then so we couldn't get the equaliser, and then after around twelve fifteen minutes of the second half, Jurgen gets Gakpo and Nunes ready, and off goes. Elliot and who else went off? Gravenberts. No, Gravenberts yeah. didn't go off at that point. Oh, yeah, Gravenberts did go off at that point. <laughs> the two of them went off, didn't he? Uh, yeah. So off went Elliot and Gravenberts. And all of a sudden, Liverpool, they changed formation. Um, you know, and was, suddenly there was more movements around them. Nunes added pace. And, you know, the, the way he closed down and his work rate was there. And all of a sudden, the game changed and you thought that it was only a matter of time before we got the equaliser and then Yo Curtis with a shot that it's one of the Fulham fellas on the back that I was convinced was going out for the corner from where I was and had shouted corner and next thing it was in the net so so a well deserved equaliser at that point and, and from that once that went in you thought you know we can get at least another, one other goal that was that, that would give us a lead to take, you know, to Craven Cottage in a couple of weeks. But the Nunes substitution did change the game. It did. Um, and I think that's why I'm pretty convinced that we're going to have a special season because there's not many teams, if any teams, that can do what we can do from the bench. And I think that's where Jürgen, a year or two, was pushing for the five subs. Um, I don't think it was particularly for this, but he was pushing it for um, fitness reasons and the lack of injuries. But I think out of all of the managers in the league, he seems to be the one that's mastered the rotation of his squad the best. And there's very few teams in the country that you look at the squad. I think we've probably got the biggest squad, but you look at it and you think... There's no disgruntled players there. You only have to look down the M62 and look at Jaden Sancho and stuff like there's other examples in that club. And their manager cannot look after a, a big squad, whereas ours can. And I think last night was uh, summed it up. Um, because you're right, those two, and I'm going to put Gakpo in that category as well, um, changed the game, uh, particularly Nunes though. I've been critical of him of late because... Yes, we know. We had to go with you yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember yeah. that. But anyway, um, I st- but I, I still stand by what I said. I would start Jota 
Um, because nobody, I think you know, nobody's denying that yeah. the Jota should start, but yeah. it's not a case of Jota or Nunes, is it? Is yeah, it no, you but, can't start them both? But what I, if, like I said, if I was picking the team, I would start with Jota and bring Nunes on for the last half an hour, 35 minutes or whatnot. Um, but what he did yesterday, Nunes, is he just completely stretched the game. What I said earlier about the, the team in the first half being static. It was like a light switch, wasn't it? When he came on, we were stretching them um, down the left, down the right, down the centre. There was none of that in the first half. And when he came on, him and Gakpo were doing that um, and stretching Fulham, um, which obviously played into our hands. And I wasn't quite as uh, critical on Curtis Jones' shot. I don't think it was going for a corner from my view. I couldn't tell if it was going in. I don't think it was going in. But when the, the view that I had in the cop, it seemed to take an age. I couldn't, I was just waiting for it to go wide and just hit the advertising hoardings. So it was a relief when it went in. Um, and when that did go in, um, there was only one winner. And I was sort of disappointed we only won by one, but I would have happily snapped your hand off at half time to win. Um, I probably would have took a, a draw at half time, if truth be told. Um, but I thought the goal for Gakpo, the second one, summed up the best elements of both of their games. The the run and the cross by uh, Nunes was exceptional and the finish was absolutely brilliant from Gakpo. And I'm glad it was that way around. Um so yeah it was it was great and I thought once the second goal went in I thought we were going to go on and get more. Um I was reading something today. Um we've got by far the most goals by substitutes in the last 12 or 18 months. And it's not even close mm. now. And that, that was alluding to the point that I was talking about earlier about the manager. I don't think there's anyone that can change a game the way Jürgen can at the moment. And that's only good for us, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think Pete, so. I, think, I was going to say, before we crack on, you fail, we haven't spoken yet about the non-penalty that looked the bloody oh. nails on penalty. Oh, damn ball. That was like before we scored. That was about two yeah. or three minutes before the first goal. Well, and although wasn't it great that there was no VAR? Yeah, well, of course. Well, yeah, it was in a way, but it it made the linesman work anyway to do the yeah. job because they had to put the bloody flags up, didn't they? But Pete, I thought that what you're saying there penalty. about the Pete, sorry, just what you're saying there about the penalty, right? Is there any is there any doubt there? He wasn't going to give it because he, when he doesn't give it for somebody playing basketball, you know, oh. um, when he's on VAR, he's not going to give one <laughs> when he's on the field, no. is he? When he's not sitting in front of a telly. No. You know well, what I, I mean? He, he's a, by, by a country mile, I have to say, and, you know, this is probably, I don't think you could pay him a worse compliment, to be honest. I know what you're going to say, Les. He's the worst <laughs> referee in the league. Yeah, but not just, not just the league. I think he's the worst... Worst referee in any of the four divisions in the English league because I just think he is so poor. He he, he bloody his hand signals. He's like a traffic cop. You're one of the old traffic cops who used to stand on duty, sort of waving you forward. He was just absolutely clueless. There, there absolutely was an incident. Clueless. There was an incident in the first half. I think it was Elliot where he was getting hacked by about three of them, but he did a brilliant turn and got away from them on the halfway line. Yeah. And it was the yeah. only time in the first half we had a break. And he bloody pulled it back for the foul. Uh, yeah, that was for McAllister, mad. didn't he? That was McAllister. I was it McAllister, sorry, yeah. yeah. He, he, the mm. McAllister and Clot went mental, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. He just went complete. But fair, to be fair to him at that stage, he put his hand up to Clot, didn't he? He's, to say he, he I made a mistake. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. So he, to be to be fair to the, I I agree. By the way, I thought, I thought the the VAR, I thought it was nice to have a game without VAR. Whether it was a penalty, I, I don't know. Les from from down from where we are in the cop, I, you'd have to see it closer. I, I have to see the back. Have you? It's a clear right. penalty. It was too far. Moved his hand to the ball. Yeah. And, you know what I mean. Yeah. Clear penalty. But I, but I, I haven't seen it back. Well, I say that's two in the last what three games, the Arsenal one and that one where they were. I'm, I'm not two. sure they would have given it, honestly. Uh, it, regardless of it, if VAR would have changed that, it then because he gave it. Yeah, yeah I just don't think they would have given it. 
No. Anyway, going back to sorry, I I, I brought something else to the conversation then, but yeah, I mean it, it certainly changed the tempo bringing them lads on. It changed the you know the crowd were up, and you could almost Fulham weren't sort of defending desperately, but you could almost say that they dropped five or ten yards, you know. But it was the position for these for the second goal. Um, it was the position that I like to see. Where I I was saying in our last podcast. Put Nunes on on the left flank, mm. not as an out and out winger, but put him on the left channel because he mm. he runs at people and honest to God, I feel so sorry for that lad. He had that header that Leno probably did a, a Hollywood save for the cameras. He, he was always going to get it, but it was cracking header. And then the, the one that he didn't know anything about really, where he connected and then hit him on the leg. And yeah, then the other one, the other one, piece with his hand. Yeah, Do you know where he smashes it? And he just yeah. puts his hand up. There's no yeah. way he's saving that lad. And Do you know where it's his hand? It's just... Any, he, any other he's player. cursed at the moment. He yeah. any other yeah. player. Yeah. And I'm still cursed. He, he could have got a brace. He could have got a hat-trick last night. You know what I mean? It was and brilliant never, the way never... Danko went to him, you know, please. You know when after, he, yeah. after he'd done that? He went to him and Curtis Jones as well. And just... You know, tapped him on the, you know, on the head, yeah. like is it to say? He, he must be gutted, this kid. You know, he, everything he's eating, it, it's keepers are like, it, he's he, he's he's got he's getting no luck whatsoever, like. it up, some, doesn't it? Against the game against Newcastle, I think summed it up. When if you remember, he had that chance, didn't he, in the second half, Macross, where he hits it perfectly, and the keeper brilliant. Makes a brilliant save, yeah. And then, well, then the same sort of chance happens to Gakpo, and, and it goes. Gakpo, miss, yeah. Gakpo miss kicks his, and it goes yeah. in. But mm. it, do you know what? Do you know what I think? You know what I feel with him, Les. I, I I had this conversation today with Mark Murphy. You know, Mark goes up. He goes to all the yeah. games. He lives around the corner from me. I've, I've known him for years, and we're having a chat about him today. I'm. Both of us were, were, were saying, like, you know, like, he, you know, like, he had more touches. I think I was reading on a tweet straight after the game. He influenced the game more than any other player. He had four four complete dribbles. He had more shots. He had more shots in the in the area. He, he assisted two goals. He he. What was the other thing that he said? He he, he had more touches in the box in from mm. fifty six. You know, from fifty six minutes on than any other player. He's like. Do you know, like, he, I, I, it was funny what Mark said. Do you know, like, it's, 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 you see him when, when he's, when he's on the pitch, and you can see defenders are terrified of him. They're mm. absolutely terrified of him. They don't know how to play him. They don't know what to do with him. He, he, he terrorised Saliba the other week. You know, like, he, he, he does things to defenders that defenders don't like. Do you know what? He, he is, and, and, and Mark gave me a great analogy, and I, I'm going to steal it, I'm not going to steal his analogy, but he gave me a, a great one. He, he used Heskey in, in his first season for Liverpool when he come in, and he scored something like 24 goals, I think, in his first season. And then the, the following season, the following season, he, he was more effective, but he only scored something like about 12, 10 or 12, because... He was used for everything else. He was creating. He was being, you know, like a bomb, a, a rock that was unplayable and creating for everybody else. I I see that in Nunes, lad. I I I think he's. I, I think he's. He's got everything for me. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Tom. As it did, you know, when we were talking, you know, on, on Sunday about him. I think he's he's a really important player for Liverpool. And as I said on Sunday. Somebody had said, I think he was on the Anfield rap, that if Nunes took the penalties, Nunes would have more goals than Salah has this season, and Salah had, would have what Nunes had. You know what mm. I mean? And, you know, people people go on about, you know, the, uh, the, the assist for Salah, but Nunes, I think, has probably, you know, got as many as assists, if not more, than any Liverpool player. You know, you know, he's always got a hand in the in the in the goals, whether it's the the pass before, you know, the assist or the actual assist. And I just think he's a, you know, I think what frustrates people is the you know his one on one finishing, and also 
you know, his tendency to 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 go offside and move move a little bit earlier than he should do. But apart from that, once he irons those out, you're gonna have one tremendous player. And I, you know, I I totally agree with you. I wouldn't sell Nunes. I wouldn't swap him for any other striker because I don't think there's anybody that would be, you know, an all round better fit than what he is for what Liverpool wants. And especially with his with the pace he's got as well. And he must be a nightmare to play against for the defenders. And he's I, only I, twenty-four I, as well, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. You know, like you know, like you're twenty four as well. It's 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 there's there's lots of po- I think there's lots of positives. Mark made another good point to me as well about coming back from defeats. He gave me a great start today. I think we're head and shoulders more than any other team. Mm. Yeah, you know, man. like and then you know, we, we we've lost one game this season to well, the Yeah, but the no, but the point is the teams are getting ahead against us. And like they're coming back, Liverpool. Like, yeah. So you never know, do you? It, you're looking at them and you're thinking, Jesus Christ, these have got like they're scoring goals in the 94th, 95th, 96th minutes, you know, and, and winning and, and rescuing games. Tom, like, you can you can take it back further, you know, from when we lost at the Etihad and we were crap last season. Yeah. We've lost one game, Tottenham. I know, yeah, eleven games we had. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, and so the and all of them, and you're looking at it, and that's what. And do you know what he said to me? And again, I thought it was a brilliant standing talk to him for about 20 minutes, but he was just brilliant having a chat. And like he was saying, he was saying, you know, and the, the crazy thing is, if you sit amongst all Liverpoolians and have a conversation, you'd say, We haven't put a consistent run of games where we've been brilliant. You know, something, Tom, I think that's. You know, I think that's one of those things that that your memory plays tricks with you, because I think when you look back at that at the great Liverpool side, which is Klopp one, let us say, of recent yeah. years, there's a sort of myth in our heads that every week we played magical, sparkling, quick attacking football, and that probably wasn't the case. But on the on the times that they did do it. It was really, really special. Yeah, if I get that. Nice. And I think, I think sometimes, like with, like with all footballers from the past, you tend to, you tend to think that you know, Liverpool never played, never played poorly, but they did. You know what I mean? And mm. all players, no matter who they are, whether it whether it be Suey, Jockey Hansen, King Kenny, Rushy, John Barnes, whoever it may be, they all had poor games. They yeah. all had games where they missed. Open goals. They all had games where they missed chances they should have scored. Defenders will make mistakes that you wouldn't have thought that they should make. Even Clemming goal. You know what mm. I mean? So it's a myth that, that Liverpool played brilliant football every week. And this team is probably is probably playing more consistently and probably better than we think. But but we've still got the the Bobby Sadio, you know, salad team in our head. I think you you could be right, but I think, you know, I think that you feel like there's much more to come from this side. Mm. And I think I think when everybody's fit and ready to go, with the exception of Matip, I, I think you know <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna start on you know like if 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 teams can't nail them down when they get ahead of us and we keep coming back. Then you know, like, what am going to happen when we get in front? You know, like, yeah. it's so that I agree with what you said about, but the light clock mark one is that they're difficult to beat. Yeah, that's right. And Ben, you know, as you as you sort of intimated before, you know, when we went two one up, you thought we could get another one, but it, but it wasn't meant to be, and we now take. You know, one goal lead to Craven Cottage in a couple of weeks. So it will be interesting to see because that that goal sort of um, makes Fulham have to come out a little bit, doesn't it? Because obviously, if we score early in that game, then they're going to need you know two to take it to penalties or three to beat us without us scoring. And the more they, the more they push for the goal, the more 
space they will leave for us to to play it in their half of the field. So it was important, wasn't it, that we did go there with some sort of a lead, even even a one goal lead. Yeah, it, it was. Um and I think I'd be very surprised if we go there and don't score. Um so you're right, there's no away goals, is there? No. In this tournament now, which I think is the right thing. Um so it was important that we went with the lead just for the mindset as well, because you're right, it does mean Fulham. Although I, I don't think they're going to be, you know, coming out swashbuckling. Um, they, they'll probably, very similar to last night, the way they played, to be honest. Uh, as Pete said earlier, they're a good team. They they were they played some good football at Anfield. Well, they've played good football at Anfield twice now this season. Um, one of the, the few teams that have caused us problems defensively. Um, so fair play to them for that, and it's not it's not um, a guarantee that we will get to the final. Uh, I do think we will, but it's far from done. Um, yeah. And I think the good is it is it two and a half weeks or three weeks till the no two weeks. Is it two weeks? Yeah. It's after it's after the um, in the midweek between between Bournemouth and the and the FA Cup game against oh, Norwich. The Bournemouth second game back then. Yeah. Then. So. Um. I, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. And I, the the point that you were talking about the old Klopp teams, you're right. We do sugarcoat it. The year we won the league and we had the the record start from English football. There was a few games in there where we we did ride our luck. Um, I mean Leicester at home with uh, Jimmy's penalty in the last minute. Yeah, uh, from memory, it was quite a wasn't a stonewall penalty either. Um. So there were there were a few games, but you know, this team is different. Um, and the exciting thing is, as Tom said, I think there's a, I think there's a lot more to come. Um, especially in, I think defensively we're we're back to looking a lot more solid than we were. Um, but the midfield and the attack, I think there's a lot more to come. Um, mm. that's the exciting thing about it. We all were skeptical in the summer about the rebuild from the midfield, but Christ Almighty, what a job he's done there. Um. Yeah. Well, you got to remember as well, but well, everyone remember, we've probably got two of the best fullbacks in the world out at the minute. I know, yeah. and this is the thing: was we if we would have lost Andy Robertson the year we won the league, we wouldn't have coped as well as what we've done now. No. Um, and you, you, you've, lost, you've lost a good backup in Costas. Yeah, and in, yeah. Fair, and in fairness to Joe Gomez, he's done really well at left back. He really, we, 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 yeah. we, we, we were talking talk, last night. Yeah. We were talking after the game last night. And we were saying that the way Joe Gomez has adapted to left back, it reminds us of when Carragher went to left back under who? Yeah, yeah. Very much and we were sort of wincing a bit, weren't we? Thinking he's going to mm. get faster there every week, but he it, it's similar to that. Yeah. And then the other thing that we we were discussing is if we can get Thiago and Bicesikis running into the end of the season, I don't think many teams will live with us to be honest. No, yeah. they really don't. No, so I, I, think... I think it's looking rosy and. I'm just looking forward to the second leg. It, it, I said before kickoff last night, they're going to give us two tough games. Yeah. But I agree with Ben. I think we've certainly got one goal in us. And, you know, even more, if, they, if they're stretching to, to try and claw it back later on, I think we've got the players to to hit them on the break. But it'll be another tough game down in London. Like. They've got to come out, are you, Pete, though, haven't they? They've got, they've got they, the... They, 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 you know, Maybe it depends. I mean, you would expect if it was the other way around and we were two one down, coming at, coming back to Anfield with the crowd and everything behind us, uh, behind the lads, you'd think right, we're going to fly at these from the first whistle. Mm. But I'm not too sure the Fulham might do that. They might just, you know, try and keep us at arm's length and even even go in at nil nil at half time. And they'll think they've got a chance of of doing something. But as I say, I think there's certainly goals. More, you know, there are goals in that team. And but for the keeper last night, um, like you say, we could have been, we could have been booking. Well, I have booked my hotel anyway, but <laughs> we, could have been booking, we could have been booking the hotel last night, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know, he made some saves, like Les said, he, he probably didn't know much about, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'm I'm quite confident. I mean, we, I remember coming out the Arsenal semi final a few years ago, nil nil, and they were everyone was despondent by us, mm-hmm. and I said. We'll score down there. It's not a problem. You know, mm. I remember the Bayern Munich semi-final going back all them years. You, 
No, nil a draw at home is not specifically a bad result. So to go down there one goal ahead, I think it's a great result. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you agree with that? You, uh, yeah. you know, it was it just to take a lead down there. Um, you know, any lead was important after, especially after going a goal down last night. And you know, as I say, it it puts the onus a little bit more on Fulham. And, and as we all said, you know, you do feel as though this Liverpool team will get a goal wherever they go. Yeah, these. Do you know? I think it's only once they fail to score this season, isn't it, Les? Yeah. You know, and hopefully with a bit of luck, we might have Sabozlai back for that as well. You know, and um, I don't think there'll be anybody else back, will there? No, possibly not. I don't think Thiago's, by, by what Jürgen was saying the other day, I don't think Thiago's going to be back. He's looking towards the end. Would Robertson be back? No, oh, he's going to he be had back. A, he had a 12-week scan. Uh, by the way, I'd like to... Um, you give me some stick when I said he'd be out for 12 weeks, no matter what, with a, with a pinned shoulder. Spot I don't think anybody <laughs> give you stick, Tom, because we yeah, didn't yeah. know how long he would be out. I said, I said to you, I said, with one dislocate, dislocated shoulder, you won't see him for 12 weeks. You call me Dr. Tom. Yeah, that wasn't giving you, that wasn't giving you stick. That was calling you Dr. Tom. <laughs> don't be trying to change it now with what's it called. No, 12 well, weeks. He's got a scan, hasn't he? He said he's doing everything he should be doing, but um, he's got this 12-week scan. As soon as the 12-week scan, if it comes back good, then he yeah, can, he can, he can, he can, he can step up his training. But like, he, he, he'll be raring to go, won't he? I should imagine he's doing everything, but like, the, you know, the physicality side of it. And the way he picked Trent up the other week, his shoulder <laughs> didn't look that bad then, did it? No, really? exactly. To be fair, like, so I think... I think he, he could be one back for right at the at the very end of the month, which would be yeah. great to get him back for the Arsenal game and the Chelsea game. Yeah. Even if he's only on the bench, Tom, to give you oh, an idea. Yeah, no, no, but it'd be great to get Thiago. I'd love to see Bacchetta come back in and have a little bit of a run, but I feel for that lad. I don't think we're going to see him much this season, Les. I just, I just think he'll be used as and when he's needed, Tom, without Yeah, much. I think so. But anyway, think, on. going on, Going on from to last night, I'll start with you seeing that I just interrupted you there. Go on. Who was your player of the match? Oh, do you know, I knew you were going to ask me this first, first from what's it called. Do you know what? I, I, there's, there was three really for, for me, I thought, with the, with the standout. I thought Van Dijk had a great game except for his mistake. But like, and he's back to, as Ben said the other day, back to his best. He's, he's, he's looking the pass. He's really... Gomez did all right. Um, Connor Bradley, great performance for, for for a young kid. Absolutely superb. Thought Curtis was was constantly probing all the way through the game. Got got the equaliser and stepped it up. Thought Nunes when he come on changed the game, but but like from after fifty six minutes. But I think I'm going to give it to Connor Bradley because I think I I think for his first, for his first real test. In a semi-final of a cup competition with a stre- really stretched side, I thought, you know, like he didn't do. I thought he'd done really well. Ben, who's getting your vote? I think, I think I'm going to agree with Tom. Um, I had a few idiots by me in the cup last night. You know, the ones that tend to come to the cup games and. As a, as a one-off, they were they weren't local. Not that that makes much of a difference, but they were saying, "Oh, we're playing with ten men. You know, they're not even passing the ball to Bradley." People just must watch a different game, or they've been in the pub all day. Um, for basically, it was pretty much his debut, wasn't it? Um, last night in the semi-final, there was a bit in the first half where he he won the ball against. I'm not quite sure if it was Willian or somebody else. Um, with a great tackle. Uh, he did make a couple of uh, small mis- mistakes, but I think, um, I said earlier in the week, his cameo against Arsenal, I thought there's a player there, he's not going to let anyone down. So I think, yeah, he was the one for the man of the match for me. Pete? Yeah, I've got a few as normal names. Um, it was nice to see Diogo last the full 90. I'm not saying he was outstanding in there, but he, for him to last the 90 was good. And then the two subs that came on actually changed the game, Nunes and Gakpo. 
And then it leaves two for me between either Connor Bradley or Curtis Jones. Uh, and talking about Bradley, saying I, I thought he got a lot of possessions, especially in the second half when he was getting helped out on that race. And I think he was the only one who actually got to the byline in the first half. Unfortunately, his cross wasn't didn't meet a red shares. But I think Curtis Jones for me just shaded it. I thought he was excellent last night in his tracking and his his, his pressing and his carrying the ball. He got lucky with his goal, but if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle. So just shaded it from uh, from Connor Bradley. I'll give it to Curtis. Yeah, for me, the, the you know again, I agree with Tom. I thought Virgil was excellent apart from you know his his, his mistake. Ibu, Joe Gomez. And like Pete said, I thought Curtis and Jots did well. But for me, head and shoulders above everybody else for the full, you know, 96 minutes or whatever he played was uh, Conor Bradley. I thought that he come in, he did everything that was asked of him. He provided the cross for when the keeper knew nothing about the Nunes shot that hit his leg. And that would have been, that would have kept a, a really top performance. You know, Jürgen said after the game that he asked Connor if he wanted to come off and he said no chance. You know what I mean? And the way the lad just kept going was a credit. It was his first full start and first full game for, I think, since pre-season. So for him to put in a performance like that, you know, just really showed that he built on the confidence from, you know, his, his sort of cameo against Arsenal at the weekend. And it just shows, doesn't it, that we've got another... Really good young prospect coming through from the academy who is going to save you a lot, a lot of money, similar mm. to Kwanzaa, similar to Pachetic, you know, and you know, the likes of uh, Bobby Clark coming through as well. You know, that you know, it, it's looking really bright what's happening with, with some of the young players coming through. So for me, it's a it's a 3 1 victory for, for, for Connor Bradley as we give him the, the player of the match. Do you know as well, Les, but he was up against Robinson, who I think is one of the most talented mm. players as well. And he never looked, he never, he never shared, but he never looked out of place, did he, you know? No, he did You know, I think it's, when he's played against other players and, and made them look dead average, so the, the lad did really good. I agree with Pete. I think it's our, Curtis definitely deserves to be up there. I thought he was exceptional again last night, but I think overall, I think the lad, you know, like deserved it. Yeah. So we now go on a bit uh, on a on a ten day break. I think that Jürgen's going to give them all a week off now, which I think they totally deserve. The players who have got knocks will be be still working on the on the fitness to get back to to fitness as quickly as possible, and and to give Yo know, Jürgen some extra options to, to pick for this team selection and the AFCON and, and Asia Cup are due to start very, very soon. So hopefully we wish luck to everybody who's playing against Egypt and Japan so we can get Mo and Endo back you know, to Liverpool quickly so they're available to us. I don't care what they do for the countries. You know, you'll have people putting on, on, on Twitter about maybe most scored and a hat-trick for Egypt in a particular game. I'm not bothered. I just want him back in the Liverpool shirt as soon as possible. So if Egypt go out in the group stages, I'll be a happy man. So so let's hope that, you know, Egypt have a have a bit of a disastrous AFCON and so do Japan. So, Tom, next game against against Bournemouth, hopefully we'll have some Bosley fit. I think it's important, isn't it, that we... We pick up another three points in that game. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of the teams who are playing against each other over the weekend, isn't there? You know, I think um, I think Man United have got Tottenham at home, Aston Villa are at Everton. So there is there's some there's some big games coming up at the at the weekend. So Newcastle got City as well. Oh, Newcastle City as well. That, that's right, Pete. Wow. So, yeah. Hopefully, if a few results go our way in that section, then a win against um, Bournemouth will put us in a really, really good place to take into the, you know, into the into the upcoming well, the next league game after after Bournemouth again is ten days away, isn't it? Which is Chelsea. 
because we've then yeah. got the cup games after. So, you know, a little bit, bit of a busy period there, but you're, you're confident that we'll go to Bournemouth, which will be a difficult game and do a, do the job and come away with the three points, So I should imagine so, Leslie, but it's always a tough game to go, isn't it? He seems to have found a little bit of form lately as well, don't he? Yeah. The managers there seems to have got them playing. It'll be a hard game, probably similar to Luton, but I think if we're on our metal and we get, we as you say, we get some Bosley back, back, with a bit of luck, we might have Trent back, who knows? It might turn out not to be quite as bad as the as they think. So hopefully we can get a couple of players back. I think we're too, we'll be too strong for Bournemouth. But even as you say, if, if we just dig out a result there, and um, of Manchester City and Newcastle and all them teams, have they got two games ahead before we play one? No, no. They're playing it early. The Premier League split in two. I so see. basically, basically the, there's five teams uh, 10 teams will play this weekend and 10 teams will play the following weekend while the rest of the teams then who play this weekend will then start their winter break and they'll be back. Mm. Their game back will be the, the FA Cup if, unless they've got a replay. So where, where's Manchester City playing? Newcastle? At Newcastle. Ooh, very tidy. Very tidy. Yeah, so let's up the... Let's hope that Jason Tindall is loving himself on 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 Sunday yeah. and uh, is, you know you know and is is getting his iPad out showing all the substitute pictures of himself on the beach before they come on and yeah. and all sorts of things like that and he's celebrating the victory for City. Yeah. So it is in a way, Ben. Even though we're not playing this weekend, it's a it's a bit of an important weekend for 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 Liverpool fans to be looking at the results of some teams that are around us in the table. You know what it feels like? You know when City went to wherever the Club World Cup was and they yep. were in, everyone um, expected them to be miles behind. It's a, it's a bit of a free hit, isn't it? Um, I've just got a funny feeling Newcastle are going to get a result against City, with it being at Newcastle as well. Um, they're going I'd to take a point. I'd, 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 oh, I'd, I'd, I'd more, more than take a point, yeah. Uh, yeah. But... Going back to the Bournemouth game, it's got a potential banana skin written all over it. And the, the reason why I say that is they are playing well now. Whenever we have a mid-season break, I'm struggling to remember the time that we had one and came back and played well. Um, it always takes us a few weeks to come back. Hopefully, yeah, I don't we'll... think we're going to a training camp this time. No, we're going to Dubai, yeah. aren't we? Aren't we going to Dubai? I don't think so. I think he's just give the players a few days off. I think right. where you've where you've read about Dubai, I think, is I think what they've said is once the injured players so if like the likes of Robbo right. gets the okay to start doing training, then they'll take him to Dubai to do some warm weather training. Right. Okay. To to build up his fitness so they can guarantee he's gonna do it in some warm yeah. weather. They'll really sort of give him a a bit of a mini pre-season because he'll have been out so long. Yeah, and maybe yeah. that's what maybe that's what's happening with Thiago and Bichetic as well because yeah. there was rumours last weekend, I think James Pierce sort of put a tweet out to say that he reckoned that he did that Thiago would be back in the squad for Bournemouth. Now maybe they've with the with the fact that Robbo was going, you know, for his scan to see if he could, you know, step up his rehab. You know, maybe they thought, right, what we can do is we can send the three of them out there to do a bit of a session yeah. together so they can all be, you know, physically fit, if not match fit. Yeah. So, yeah. which makes sense. But I think the players have all been given sort of individual programs and can go to do their own thing with the family for five days or what have you know. Oh, that's fair enough then. Because uh, mm. I always get a little bit worried about these mid season yeah. breaks when they seem to go warm weather training and then. It takes them a week or two to get back up to speed. But yeah, like fair play to Bournemouth for sticking with that manager because there was a lot of pressure on him um, two or three months ago when he had a shocking start. But he's turned it round and um, in RX forward, Dominic Solanke, they've got he's a good player there. Yeah, whether they've still got him by the time we play him is another matter. Um, but he, 
he's he's certainly a handful. Um, I know there was a lot of talk, wasn't there? The nineteen million pound that we sold him for. How do we get that money? But it's looking like a good buy for him now. Um, so yeah, it's um, exciting times. The the players can put their feet up a little bit, recharge the batteries, and um, you know, come back to Kirby in a week or whenever they're back and get back to work, ready to win the league. Yeah. So Pete. You hinted that you'd be happy with the draw in the Newcastle v City game. I mean, Newcastle lost the last home game badly, 3-1 to Notts Forest. So hopefully they won't lose two home games on the bounce in the mm. league. And the, the result that they got at Sunderland in the FA Cup will give them a little bit of confidence. And they've already beat City in the League Cup 1-0. So let's hope they can make it a double-A. Just a bit worried that they might still be out celebrating that big win against Sunderland, to be honest, because they went overboard a bit, didn't they? Yeah. Like us beating Samuel and, and having a, a bus tour. But, um, yeah. And, you know, as, as as you say, with the league form, and we, you know, we beat them at our place. And, and I mean, the Nottingham Forest game, Nottingham Forest could have been out of sight, to be honest. Um, yeah. They played really well that day. Yeah, they did. So it'll be a big game, and as I say, hopefully they'll they'll have a really good go at City and at least get a point off them. Hopefully, hopefully win the three points, you know. Yeah. So let's hope. So let's hope we get some good results for the for the Reds. Um, you know, this weekend, even though we're not playing. Anyway, at that point, I'll end this edition of the late flag, and just a just a look out for you all over the next few days, probably in the early part of next week. We'll be putting out a special with a, a Liverpool legend who was part of the the great Liverpool team of 87-88 and tells his story about that side. I won't tell you who it is, but that's coming up in the early part of next week. So look out for that. It's already been recorded. It was recorded last Friday, but we thought we'd put it out after the weekend where Liverpool haven't got any games. So have a look out for that. It was a really good podcast. We all enjoyed it, didn't we, Tom? Peace. Yep. Yeah. Really yeah, good, good podcast. Yeah. Really yeah. good. So so have a listen out for that, everybody. And as you always finish the podcast by saying, don't buy the sun, justice for the 97. You'll never walk alone and see you all next time.